The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. I am Victoria Moran, and I am your host. I hope that you are having a beautiful day where you are being vegan or vegetarian or veg-curious, or if you just happen to stumble onto this program, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We have a really special show today because usually my radio career is sort of like my career as an author. That means it's really solitary, and it's just me And I'm sitting here in my dining room in New York City, and I see my engineer out there at Unity Village, Missouri, Jeff Comfort, and it's very comforting to know that he's there. But the guest usually comes in via Skype or or phone, and I hope somebody calls in. I hope you call in, 888-558-6489. But today, it's not at all solitary. Today, I have a house full of people. And that's because four times a year, we do a miracle in New York City. You know about the miracle on 34th Street. Well, this is a miracle on 116th Street. We have Main Street Vegan Academy, where people come from literally all over the world, all over North America and countries outside North America, to be trained and certified as vegan lifestyle coaches. So they're all here today being our audience. Everybody whoop and holler. Woo-hoo! <laughs> 
one of our lovely students is going to be co-hosting with me today. I'm very happy to have with me here on the show uh, Chrissy Benson. She is a New York City attorney, writer, and lifestyle coach, and about to be a Main Street Vegan <laughs> Academy certified vegan lifestyle coach when we graduate on, on Sunday. And we'll be welcoming uh, our wonderful guest later, uh, Gary Gibson. He's also a graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy, and he has so many letters after his name. He's sort of like the alphabet, uh, personal trainer. He's the founder and, and president of the Vegan Effect. We'll be talking to him in a few minutes. But right now, I just want to introduce you guys to Chrissy. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Main Street Vegan. Thank you, Victoria. It's so wonderful to be here with my comrades in this journey. Yeah, we are comrades. That's for sure. So how did you find out about the Academy? I found out about the, the Academy through the Animal Rights Conference last year. I heard you speak at the conference, and I heard there was a thing called Main Street Vegan Academy. And I live in New York City, and just about everything weird and cool that you wonder where it is, it's often in New York City. And sure enough... <laughs> I take it as a compliment to be included in weird and cool. Yes, it was so intended. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So that was the Farm Animal Rights Movement Conference, which Correct. was in D.C. Yes. for the past couple of years. It's going to be in Los Angeles this summer. Are you going right. to make it out there? I am. I oh, good. Go. Ah, yeah, well. I've caught the fire. Yeah, it is pretty fiery. Well, that's a great thing. Now, you have a companion animal who's a little bit different than some people's <laughs> companion animal. Who do you have hanging around over at your place? So I live with a wonderful cat named Sammy, and Sammy is a vegan cat. <laughs> now, that, that is unusual, and sometimes it's, it doesn't work, but it's worked for you. What do you do? Um, it's, it's somewhat unusual, but the way Sammy looks at it and the way I look at it is everyone used to say that people couldn't be vegan. Then it was women couldn't be vegan. Then it was children couldn't be vegan. And then it was dogs can't be vegan. And then it was, you know, cats can't be vegan. And so Sammy just encouraged me to question those fundamental beliefs that we're indoctrinated with and give it a try. So what kind of food does he eat and do you supplement? Um, Sammy eats food that I order online, which is fortified with taurine, which I learned after some research is the primary chemical that cats need from that they usually get from animal flesh we all need taurine but apparently dogs and humans our bodies can make it but cats bodies are unable to produce it so they do need to ingest it from an outside source but there is a plant-based source of taurine so i order sammy cat food that's vegan and fortified with taurine and he's thriving he's thriving his coat is so shiny it's ridiculous more energy than ever he had been overweight, even though I was restricting his diet ridiculously. It was physically impossible to give him less food. And on the vegan food, he's slim and trim and active and doing great. That is excellent. Well, I, what's the food called? Because I have a vegan dog, mm -hmm. but he's just picky. Mm -hmm. he, he likes human food. You know, we talk about some of these processed foods being addictive. He kind of got a few bites of Boca Burger, and, you know, it was a little bit like when my daughter was tiny. And, you know, that was 30 years ago. I have evolved some, but at that time I thought, well, all her friends are going to go to McDonald's, and so she should at least be able to have the French fries 
she got one French fry in her, and she didn't want any other kind of food. This dog is the same way. He's had a little Boca burger, and he's just like, every time I open the freezer door, he comes and says, I'll sit. He sits really nice. But he, he's not so crazy about his dog food anymore, mm-hmm. his vegan dog food. So the cat food, I, I've heard, mm-hmm. tastes better. It's, I mean, what worked for Sammy was to transition. We started off mixing his vegan cat food with the regular animal-based cat food. And then there's there are some really handy supplements from a company called Vegan Cats, which um, there's a nutritional yeast for cats, which he s- seems to find really tasty. I mean, I sprinkle that on his food, and he just digs right in. Yeah, cats love nutritional yeast. Yeah. Well, so do yeah. humans. We have a giant bowl of popcorn on the table with nutritional oh. yeast and a little low-sodium tamari. Mm. Good stuff. Well, that is so exciting. So how long have you been vegan yourself? I have been vegan myself about three and a half years. And how did you hear about it? How did I hear about Being veganism? Vegan? Well, I had been vegetarian for quite some time prior to that. And then it was just a question of learning more about the industry, about the cows and the hens, and it became increasingly impossible to justify consuming these products. And ultimately, I just made the leap. Good for you. Well, there are just more leapers uh- <laughs> Every day. It's a wonderful, exciting thing. And, you know, so often, everybody, I just wish that this radio show could be television because I wish you could see how truly beautiful so many people on this diet can be. And I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but when we talk about health, when we talk about clear eyes, beautiful skin, just this kind of radiance. So many vegans have it. You have it. I'm sitting actually between a a beauty and a handsome Adonis-looking guy. (laughs) So, you know, I I believe that some things rub off, and it's really nice to hang around people who have what you want. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think we're all getting prettier by the minute. So thanks, Chrissy, so much for being with us today as co-host. We're going to stop now for a break for some important messages from the good people at Unity Online Radio. And then we're going to be back with our fit and fabulous guest, Gary Gibson of The Vegan Effect. Stay with us.
You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran. I'm here today with my co-host, Chrissy Benson, and about to bring on our wonderful guest, Gary Gibson. If you're new to the show and new to Main Street Vegan, I am the author of the book, Main Street Vegan, which is a wonderful introduction to this happy, productive, uh, wonderful way of life. And you can check out all our goings-on here at Main Street Vegan at MainStreetVegan.net. We're going to be doing a cruise next winter. So if it's cold where you are right now and it just sounds like, gosh, I'd like to be on a cruise to the Caribbean somewhere. Well, you know what? You can. So check out our our cruise and, and everything else that's going on here. We have quite a bit. And I also want to thank everybody who has gone to iTunes and given the Main Street Vegan Show a five-star rating and to everybody who has given us a great review. 
you. This helps so much. This brings people to the show, and it helps spread the vegan message. So if that's something that is important to you and you'd like to help us out in that way, we can use your five stars and your good words, and I'll thank you in advance for that. And now it is my great pleasure to welcome Gary Gibson. Gary is a health coach, a personal trainer, a body-mind nutritionist, and a vegan lifestyle coach and educator. His business is The Vegan Effect, and it's changing lives all over the world. The Vegan Effect is an online health, food, fitness, and lifestyle coaching company. And to find out more about the wonderful work that they are doing, check out TheVeganEffect.com. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be back. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was part of the first uh, Main Street Vegan course, and I was the first the first guy to graduate from the Main Street Vegan course. And I was just so excited about it, and it was, it was such an enlightening experience. I got to talk to, um, I got to listen to speakers like Ren Berry, uh, who passed away very recently, uh, and um, just I'm, I was all struck by that. I just couldn't believe that happened. Um, this I was also the first guest on the Main Street Vegan podcast. It was me and uh, JL from JL Goes Vegan, who's just lighting up the world. She's doing so many amazing things. You should definitely check out uh, JL's stuff. Uh, she was at the blog is jlgoesvegan.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's fantastic. And I just love my experience on, 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 this, on this program. And I'm just happy to, to be back here. Oh, thank you. And you actually started a trend that every time we do Main Street Vegan Academy, now we're a boutique course. We only accept a maximum of 15 people each time. So every course, and this is our eighth one, has had one man. We've never not had a man, but we've never had two men or three men or five men. So as long as that lasts, hey there, Steve, our one <laughs> one man this time. But now that we've had eight classes, we have eight male Main Street Vegan Academy graduates. One of them you said maybe stop and by later, Zachary Koval. I know Zachary works with you at the Vegan Effect, and he is also PETA's sexiest vegetarian next door, 2013. But what we're going to be talking about today, and it's so appropriate for Unity Online Radio, is... The spirituality of food, the energetics of food. And those of you who are listening because you're a Unity person and you listen to a lot of shows on this station, you know that the founder of the Unity Movement, co-founder, and his wife, Charles Fillmore and Myrtle Fillmore, were both vegetarians. They were very vocal vegetarians. In 1920, Charles Fillmore wrote, Spirit has shown me repeatedly that I could not refine my body and make it a harmonious instrument for the soul so long as I continued to fill it with the cells of dead animals. Well, in 2014, Gary Gibson is saying some of the same stuff. So what do you mean, Gary, by spiritual nutrition? Uh, how I got into actually veganism in general, as I started when I was 17, I had a class trip from a food culinary arts class uh, to a slaughterhouse. It was a pig slaughterhouse. I went vegetarian overnight. I just could not, I could not see that and not, I couldn't unknow that. And so I so went vegetarian overnight, kind of wavered back and forth for a couple of years. And uh, I'm a big fan of philosophy. And I've noticed that all my heroes of the world, from Einstein to Tesla to uh, Tolstoy, all these people were vegetarian, and they preached nonviolence and nonviolence through nutrition. Uh, when I decided to become nonviolent, I realized that I couldn't be nonviolent 
and put violence into my body. I realized that my cats, my dogs, the cows outside all have the same motivations for life and they all are deserving of respect. And that is to be, to live, to be loved and to be free of harm, unnecessary harm. And I realized that if I was eating meat, I was doing unnecessary harm if I did not have to eat it. So I learned more about nutrition and I learned that I just did not need to eat meat. And through that, I started learning more about nutrition. I started loving it and I started creating my program. And I created part of my program is called Nonviolent Nutrition. It's about the energy of the food that you put into your body. It's the energy of the food you put, energy you put out into the world. And there's no greater connection to the world around us than the food that we eat. Uh, I believe that uh, when you eat foods that are from the earth and from the ground, there's a different energetic aspect to them than if you were to eat meat. And uh, so I created basically my program around that healing nutrition and nonviolent nutrition. One question, Gary. You mentioned that seeing a slaughterhouse and what went on there was your prime, you know, your first impetus for going vegetarian. And these days, we're so disconnected from where our food comes from, and most of us don't have the opportunity to visit a slaughterhouse in person. I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for people in terms of just getting reacquainted with the source of their food. The best way to do that is through visiting farm sanctuaries. You don't have to, you know, I tr- like on Facebook, I have my page and I, I try not to post like violent videos or violent pictures because I don't want to see them uh, mainly. But I think that if people just went to a farm sanctuary, search for farm sanctuaries near your house, you can actually meet the animals. And because when was the last time you ran into a cow and had a, you know, had, had a cow friend or a sheep friend or uh, you met a chicken in person and you, you met those, you saw their personality and, their, and how they, much they love and, ch- and cherish the life that they have. Uh, I think that is the best way to get connected, reconnected to the food that you eat is to actually go to a farm sanctuary, donate, your, donate money, volunteer your time and interact with the animals. So, Gary, you are a fitness trainer. You're a very fit person. You work with a lot of athletes. And a lot of people in your profession are the holdouts against a plant-based diet. What has your experience been with this? Uh, the best way to put it is um, I did a soccer tournament last year. and It was a six-game six soccer tournament. And it was an hour game and a half hour to, in between games. So six games kind of back to back to back. I was doing this with a, with a uh, bunch of my peers. This is all p- kids that I went to high school with and I played soccer with through high school. And after the first game, they were all complaining that their muscles were hurting. Uh, they were cramping up and they, they're trying to find excuses where they could, you know, I got to mow the lawn. I got to do this. And here's me. I'm just jogging between the games, having fun, running around. And the last game, I was sprinting at the last second. And they were just amazed at how much energy I had and how much recovery I had. And that's my best example of that. It's just my body is so in tuned fit-wise that people that tell me I can't do things watch me do it, and uh, it amazes them. Um, but that's kind of the best example. But in the fitness industry, obviously, there's a high emphasis on protein and high emphasis on animal foods, whey proteins, and all those things. All those are acidic to the body. And my program is an alkaline program. And when you're alkaline, your body recovers faster. And when you recover faster, you can schedule workouts closer together and you can get better gains that way. Yesterday, I was doing a chest press uh, during my workout and I just stopped and my mind just said, I love being vegan. My mind just said that uh, because I realized that the day before that, I was also doing uh, tricep exercises. And usually, 
you're not supposed to do tricep and then chest the next day. You're supposed to get like a day in between. But I was not only doing that, I was hitting all my high marks. So I just realized how quickly my body recovered. And back when I was, say, 16, 17, 18, playing soccer, I always thought that if I didn't hurt the next day, I wasn't playing hard enough. Sometimes I remember playing soccer and the next day I could barely walk. And now I can work out in the mornings really hard. And then by two hours, three hours later, I have to think, did I, did I just work out? Because I, I still feel like I have a lot of energy. I can still do other things. And it progressed not only to just working out, but uh, in my professional soccer career, I got to play professional soccer in Belize and Mexico and Guatemala. And while I traveled, uh, I was able to work out in the mornings, practice at night, we recovered and I would have to sleep extra hours. I wouldn't have to take days off. I could just go and go and go. And so a lot of that came back into my program. That's pretty impressive. Very much so. So when you talk about the energy of food, when you say, I love to be vegan, that seems like maybe it's more than physiological. I mean, do you have any real life examples of what we're talking about with the energy of food and how it affects people? Yeah, I have uh, this is a cute story. I was personal training a client at a rehab center and I saw this uh, lady at my, my peripheral. Uh, she was just uh, hunched forward, uh, shoulders forward, like hips back. And she was just, it looked like she was just worried about everything. And she was writing everything down. And Sh- should I do this? And we're going to, what can I do this? And, and, and this and that. And I'm looking at her. And the first thing I thought was, that lady looks like a chicken. And so I asked the physical therapist, I said, can you just, can you just uh, ask her if she eats chicken? And so the therapist goes, why do you want me to ask her? Just, just ask. Just find out for me. And so she went over and came back and said, yeah, she eats chicken like three times a day. She's like eggs for morning, chicken for lunch, and some kind of a chicken dinner uh, for dinner. So it's like, she goes, wow. I was like, exactly. That's exactly what I need to know. What happens when you eat food, that energy from that food becomes your body. And if you know anything about chickens, they're always running around like, did I leave the lights on? Did I pay that bill? Uh, you know, is, is, did I leave the gas on? There's always something worrying a chicken. So when you eat that type of food, that nervous energy becomes you. And it's the same way with, like, say, CEOs. Uh, CEOs is a big business like to eat like steak because with meat, you also get that powerful energy. You also get adrenaline. Um, you get fear. You're kind of digesting that, and that kind of makes people feel powerful in an egotistical way. On my program, the most common thing that people tell me after the first month is they just feel lighter. They feel just energetically lighter. They feel that they can go into work and be calmer. They can get more work done. They feel just spiritually grounded just by eating a plant-based diet. So those types of examples, and just me personally, uh, when I decided to be uh, nonviolent in changing my food and my diet, I felt so much better connection to the world, and I felt so so strong and clean and grounded, and everything in the world started interacting with me differently. Animals interacted with me differently. The world interacted with me differently. The world started giving me things that I was not. I was surprised that I got from the world as far as people's connections. You know, other ways of connections. But the main thing I want to get across is that let's say I have a lecture to do. Uh, I will eat food from the ground because it's very grounding. I'll eat potatoes, burdock root, carrots. Uh, it keeps me grounded. If I want to be energetic and I want to have uh, abundant energy, I'm going to eat food that's from the sun. I'm going to eat greens. I'm going to eat fruit and uh, lots of fruit. I eat a ton of fruit in my diet. Um, so that's, those are the things that I incorporate into my diet to make uh, 
uh, spiritual connection to the world around us. That what you're saying makes so much sense to me. And I'm just wondering among the general population, we've so divorced the spirit from the body and your program really emphasizes the connection. And I'm just wondering in the people that you meet in your daily life, are they receptive to this idea? Does it take them a while to get it? As far as, as far as like, if, if I was to talk about vegetarianism to, to other people, mm-hmm. I generally do not do that. Uh, I generally uh, lead by example. So uh, I, I live my life and I do the things that I do well. And when people start seeing, oh, he doesn't have to, he doesn't, he doesn't crash at 3 p.m. every day. He doesn't have to take five hour energy. He's, you know, he's, he's got great hair, great skin. He's got all this energy in the world. That's how I lead by example. I really don't uh, try to preach veganism or vegetarianism uh, to the masses un- unless someone tells you interest in it first. Um, but yeah, but I'm always wearing vegan t-shirts. And so they, they, people know, they know. I love that. And what you were saying before about taking on the the characteristics of, of chickens, well, you're saying it today. Charles Fillmore said something very similar in 1910. He said, in eating the flesh of animals, we are feeding and stimulating the animal mentality that pervades our bodies. Instead of transforming the flesh consciousness into spirit, we are adding to its power to bind us to the plane of sensation. Well, maybe you are Charles Fillmore reincarnated. Possibly. Possibly. There, there's also uh, there's also another like I've seen a couple different studies done on rats, and what they've shown is they took rats and they put them in a cage, and they were all working together when they were fed a vegetarian diet. They were given like vegetables and fruits, and they were kind of building a community, building little putting the hay here, building nests for each other, and just building this beautiful little community. And then they changed their diet from vegetables to meat. And then within a day or two, they tore the place apart. They threw the hay everywhere. They were fighting with each other, being violent uh, towards each other. And I've seen one or two studies that showed that. So it's not just a human connection to meat. It's also other animals and how we interact with them and how they interact with each other. So by changing the food that you eat, you change the energy of the person or the animal. And you were just talking about that when my dog Forbes came in with barking energy from his afternoon walk. Hey there, Forbes. <laughs> we're talking about you. So when people eat a diet that is heavy in animal foods, a paleo diet, an Atkins type diet, how does their energy differ from someone who's on a, a, what I'm calling these days a prudent vegan diet, a health promoting plant based diet? Uh, you can just check out my Facebook page uh, for the vegan effect. Every once in a while, we'll get uh, some paleo guy commenting on our photos and or comments on our posts and stuff. And they're so combative and right off the bat. And they're so defensive and combative. And it's just fear and ego. Uh, and that's because that's from the energy of the food that they eat. And uh, the people that are on my website, the vegan effect, and all my fans and uh, my coaches and stuff are all nonviolent, happy, healthy and just vibrant people. Um, and so you, you, there's a, a, a photo album on the Vegan Effect Facebook page of my fitness um, inspirations. All the people from uh, like Frank Medrano to Brendan Brazier to Robert Cheek. And they're just vibrant, loving, strong, healthy people. And I, th- I think when you start putting more meat into your, your diet, you're going to get that negative energy coming through. Uh, through and it, it makes you more combative as a person. I love that, and I love the name 
the vegan effect. And from what you're discussing, it really sounds like the vegan effect is much more far-reaching than just an effect on your health. And just reminds me of a quick story about a, a really nice man that I met at a vegetarian dinner who'd gone vegan for health reasons, and he'd lost over 100 pounds, got rid of his type 2 diabetes, which ran in the family. But the really interesting thing that he was expressing to me was that he was a longtime devoted Christian. And after he went vegan, he told me that he attained a level of spirituality and connection with God by his definition that he had never anticipated. And it was just one of the wonderful side effects of the vegan change. Absolutely. I mean, just just think about the spiritual impact of putting out nonviolence to the world and putting out that energetic vibe of nonviolence towards others and to yourself and mainly yourself. That's kind of what the program is. It's, it's built on a process of self-love. And first thing about self-love is to start being nonviolent towards yourself and stop putting harmful things into your body, harmful thoughts into your body because the thoughts that you think become your body. And if you're putting out negative thoughts and harmful thoughts to others, it's going to come back to you in a big vicious circle. So by thinking positively, um, I know there's a study that showed that people who, they took four groups of people, uh, all had the same type of symptoms or disease. And they said, took one group, they said, okay, well, we're going to have people pray for you and we're going to tell them that we're praying for them. Okay. The next group was, um, we're going to have people pray for you, but we're not going to tell them. They took another group and said, we're not going to have people pray for them, but we're going to tell them that people are praying for them. And then there's no, the last group that said, no one's going to pray for you, and we're telling you no one's praying for you. The two groups that got significantly better, and this is in multiple studies, were the groups that thought people were, were praying for them. Whether they were or not really didn't affect their health, but it was just that positive thoughts of having people support you and that, you know, that vision that they had of people supporting them, which is a good thing. So that nonviolent thought, that helpful, and it really affects your health, uh, the positive thoughts that you have. This is so fascinating. We did a class this morning on the history of the vegetarian movement and so much of it came through religious and spiritual groups in the east certainly a buddhism uh, jainism the yogic tradition and and in the west as well through pythagoras and and some of the early church fathers and i remember when i was researching my first book compassion the ultimate ethic which at the time wasn't going to be a book it was going to be my college thesis but you know things happen in this world that are more magnificent than we might think at the time but i was in northern scotland way up in inverness where the Loch Ness monster is i did a side trip to see nessie didn't see her but anyway i was staying at a vegetarian bed and breakfast run by a beautiful woman named Margaret Lawson, who was a, a Christian woman, Church of Scotland. And she said that when she heard about being vegetarian, when she heard about what animals went through in slaughter, she said, thou shalt not kill, rang through my head for a fortnight. And when I finally said, all right, this is the end. I do no more harm as of today. She said, I went from being a committed Christian to being a consecrated Christian. And to be in this woman's presence, regardless of your religious identity, you could just feel that she was a highly evolved spirit. And it's a wonderful thing. And I think the food and and that commitment was certainly part of it. So we are here today with Chrissy Benson and with 
Gary Gibson. His website is TheVeganEffect.com. What's your Facebook page? It's The Vegan Effect on Facebook. Well, see, he was listening in Main Street Vegan Academy when we had social networking class, and they tell you to have the same thing everywhere. Not that I have that. But anyway, The Vegan Effect. You can find him all over the place. Stay with us through these messages. We'll be back with more vegan effects. And they're good ones, too. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Gosh, we had fun during that break because our engineer, Jeff, wanted to see my dog, Forbes, on the Skype. (laughs) He hadn't seen Forbes before. So we had a little um, doggy meeting time. So that's cool. Now, Gary, at The Vegan Effect, you don't just do plain old vegan You have something you call the TVE diet, the ultimate vegan diet for health and fitness. What is that? Uh, The program I created, uh, there were so many programs that were plant-based or, you know, plant-strong or uh, everyone was kind of like afraid to say the word vegan. And when I started my program, I, I I was like, let me be the first person to say, you know, I'm vegan and that's my program, and that's what it is. And because it, 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 it means so much to me, it means so much to my spirituality and my energetic, my energy. That I wanted the world to know, because I realized that you don't have much time in this world. You know, it's very, it's very short time, and I just didn't want to beat around the bush and tell people, oh well, you know, it's kind of this. It's not really this. Like it is what it is. This is the the program that I created, and it's who I am, and it's what I it's what I preach, and it's how I practice my my own health. So why wouldn't I push that out to the world? Uh, I'm not afraid to say, you know, exactly what I think and how I feel about health and nutrition. I, again, I realize I have a short period of time on this earth, so I'm going to try to get out, help as much people as I possibly can, and do it in the best way possible. So I created uh, the Vegan Effect, and the diet is kind of taking. I took basically every single healing diet from Dr. Furman's program to Dr. Neil Barnard's program to Dr. Gabriel Cousins' program, and I wrote them all down, what their aspects are, figured out what their commonalities were, and I found out that there were more commonalities than there was differences. And so I kind of put them all in a blender and kind of figured out what they were doing to help people heal, and I created my own diet based on those principles. And since then, it's been a whirlwind. I've been doing it for about three and a half years now, and I've helped people heal from different diseases like diabetes, cancer, heart disease. I help people with their athletics. I've helped people build muscle. 
Uh, my, me and myself personally, I get a lot of questions about, you know, do you eat enough protein? It must be hard to get enough protein. The past uh, year and a half, uh, I have uh, put on 15 pounds of muscle that I didn't have. I so, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so it, it definitely works in that aspect as well. But it's, again, uh, diet affects health. And with my program, we cover raw foods, healthy cooking, uh, spiritual nutrition, how to eat on a budget, how to build muscle, how to lose weight. It kind of all works together into one diet. And I was able to create one program to fit almost everybody's needs. That's pretty cool. We have a question that came in online. And what is that, Chrissy? Yeah, this came from the other man in our training, (laughs) or the current man in our training. Uh, In Will Tuttle's book, The World's Peace Diet, he speaks about actual physical vibrations from food. Have you experienced these types of vibrations yourself? That is a fantastic question. And realize that he wrote the book. Will Tuttle's amazing. He's like a composer, philosopher. He's just an incredible person. Uh, I've read his book front to back, and I love it. And it's, it's, it's so cool that he wrote The World Peace Diet, and he has a, a chapter dedicated to veganism. It's called the, veganism, the Vegan Imperative, I believe it's called. And so you cannot write The World Peace Diet book without covering veganism because it's so important to uh through health and nutrition and through nonviolence. Um so as far as the physical vibrations absolutely um i have been so much more in, in connection with the world around me i can sense other people's energies much more uh much better than i was before and again the, the world interacts with me differently so i know that cats dogs absolutely love me and when they didn't maybe not before because they could feel my energetic vibe out to the world uh when i was living in belize i had interactions with all types of animals like snakes tarantulas that really shouldn't have happened but they happened because i think the animal understood my intentions and my energy that i put out to the world so i had went through a, a dark time about a couple of years ago and i remember sitting there and i felt this overwhelming like blue energy around my body and so i did this research and i found that that energy was it's in it's in contact with it's like um with your vibes as far as sadness and so i I was able to see that aura and that energy around me and when i was happier i could feel this like different kind of energy around me so i'm so much more in tune to that now than i was before i really get the energy of food when i'm drinking fresh green juice that I know we talk about whole foods and, and a juice is fragmented. I get that. But it's almost like the fragmentation gets all the energy. So I really feel that and I feel a lot of energy around raw food. Now I'm not a raw fooder. I, I need cooked food, especially in the winter time. But there's something about those big salads and, and the smoothies and the juices that it's just almost like they have a, an aura. They have a little glow about them. They do. It's it's when you're eating raw food, you're eating the food that nature wanted you to eat. Uh, there's no animal on the planet that eats a non-raw food diet except for humans. We're the only ones to cook our foods, and we're the only ones who suffer the health consequences that we do. When you talk about food and energy, when you're eating something from a tree, it's such, it still has that life attached to it. It still has the enzy- enzymes attached to it. It still has all that nutrition attached to it. And it has this spiritual energy vibe from it. So when I get on, so I talk about uh, when I want to be uh, more energetic and I want to be, have more energy, I eat like 
fruits like citrus fruits, grapefruits, and uh, lots of greens. And I feel so much energetically alive after doing that. Now, someone is also now asking about the acid alkalinity thing. And I think for a lot of people, that is so complex. They just kind of throw up their hands and say, take me to the drive-through. Can you simplify it? Absolutely. Uh, the human body is like every other organism on the planet, uh, whether it's uh, a plant, whether it's a fish, whether it's a tree. Uh, we're all bound by this pH balance. And how do you test pH is through either your blood through urine or through saliva. And you can do that at home. You can go to any pharmacy and they have little acid alkaline strips that you can put in your tongue or uh, use when you go into the bathroom and test your pH. Human body is more of a neutral alkaline body. And when your body becomes more acidic, more diseases happen. Cancer thrives in an an acidic environment. Every single disease that you have is going to thrive in an acidic environment. So by eating greens, fruits, vegetables, your body becomes more alkaline and you're able to recover from exercise faster, heal from disease faster, and your skin, your spirit is going to be enlightened in an alkaline environment. One question, Gary. You're obviously a living example of a diet that really works. I'm just wondering if you have a formal background in nutrition or science or did this information and wisdom that you currently have, I mean, did it develop organically? Both. Uh, I, I love nutrition and I love spirituality and I love all this. I went to Integrative Nutrition in New York to get started in health because uh, I didn't get started into, into holistic health until I was like 27. Um, I know a lot of people, I believe I'm, I'm 33 now. Um, but uh, so I started when I was about 27. I got into Integrative Nutrition and then I just immersed myself in every single book I could read on nutrition, every healing program I could find. I also did a program called body mind nutrition is out of canada online it's fantastic but mainly it's just those two programs and just studying and studying and studying and studying and reading everything i possibly could allowed me to get that kind of knowledge and then through coaching uh, i started my program and every single new client that you take on is a new set of issues it's a new set of complications but it's a new it's a new set of solutions so you start learning you say what works for this person works for that person you kind of just evolve with your clients so my program from when it started to what it is now is completely different. And I'm so excited for the for how it's going to change in the future. Do you think that some people are just not energetically ready for this kind of diet? I've heard people say, oh, I'm not evolved enough for that. Maybe next lifetime. It's nonsense. <laughs> uh, everybody's ready for this type of diet. We're all we're. we're we're all looking to be, everyone wants to be nonviolent. That's so part of what we, our core values. Everybody wants to be helping and healing. But if, if you're, you're, what veganism does, it connects the actions of your fork to the desires of your heart. So it basically connects those two together. Oh my goodness, that's such a beautiful quotation. Is, is that yours? Did you just come up with that? That's me. Well, I'm going to tweet that, but of course I'll give you credit. And what you said about this diet being for everybody reminds me of a quote from the documentary Bethany's story where they ask a nutritionist who's advocating a a raw, in this case, a raw food vegan diet, is this diet for everybody? And in today's society, you're so used to people hemming and hawing and saying, well, there's an exception. This person said, no, it's not for everybody. There was a prescient pause 
And then he said, it's only for people who are really willing to love themselves. And I've carried that one with me. And what you're saying kind of resonates with me for that reason. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, when, when we talk about nutrition and everyone, there's this prevailing thought that everybody's diet should be different. Your, your body's different than your body. Your body's different than her body, his, whatever. Uh, and I don't believe that at all. I believe there is a species-specific diet that we should be following. Uh, if you look across uh, the globe, you can see, like, let's say a cat in Siberia, uh, a lion in the jungle, a jaguar, uh, sorry, a lion in the desert, jaguar in the jungle, uh, a bobcat in New Jersey, all are eating a species-specific diet. It's maybe a little bit different based on where they're from, but they're eating the same foods all in connection. So what is our species? Uh, we are a, you know, obviously with like apes, chimps, gorillas, we're very similar to them as far as we're almost 98% chimp. So what are they eating? And do they have the same health effects that we have from eating the foods that we do? They eat a mostly raw diet. They eat a high fruit diet. They don't, they don't worry about protein. They don't take protein powders. Uh, they're not taking whey protein. They're not eating cheese. They're not eating large amounts of meat. And they ha- are so strong, so vibrant, and for the most part are nonviolent creatures. So when we start eating the foods that are more violent, we become that and we become more combative. We really see this when you can see a, an animal who ought to be wild being fed processed foods. Years ago when I lived in Chicago, I went to the Brookfield Zoo. I don't go to zoos anymore, but this was a long time ago. And I was in the ape house during lunchtime for the apes. And they had given these apes cartons of cottage cheese. And I watched a female ape use her hand to eat the cottage cheese and kind of lick her fingers. And I thought, I finally get it. This is just the weirdest thing ever. Just because the zookeeper wanted cottage cheese for lunch, apes don't raise cows and milk them and and make animal products. It was kind of a light bulb. I agree. We we tend to project our own our own way we think other other animals should eat based on our own our own habits. But as as humans, uh, eating a raw food diet, eating a, a diet which is free of harm and as organic and natural as possible, is going to give you the best spiritual outlook. And again, uh, whether you practice Christianity, you know, if you're a Muslim, uh, if you're an atheist, whatever it is. There's something that connects us all together. There's there's something in the world that connects us energetically. And there's nothing, uh, I'll mention it again, there's nothing greater as far as our connection to the world than what we eat and what we put in our body. Because what we put in is directly what we put out. One question I have, we've talked a lot about what we're eating. Do you have any recommendations or suggestions as to how we eat, the process of how we eat? I probably have a a ton of suggestions. Uh, My program is kind of built around that. Um, My program is about 60 to 90% raw. Uh, Reason being is not 100% is that, you know, tea is healthy, beans are healthy, some cooked grains and starches are healthy. So that part, and it's more convenient that way. Granted, we're not all living in a tropical paradise. We're not all living in, in, you know, in Taiwan and or um, where we have fruits available to us all the time. So, since we're such a, uh, so spread out around the world, we all should eat a little bit differently. And some cooked food is okay if we're living in colder climates and places like that. I, I kind of meant uh, more the ritual of eating in terms of um, do you have 
do you consider that important? Is that an important part of the vegan effect? Yes, we do cover that as well. When you do eat, you should be uh, in a place that's quiet, a place where you can be there with your food. You should, again, you should chew your food at least 20 times each bite. So just be one and peaceful with your food and to be not distracted. So <laughs> when you, so you can almost eating should be a meditative practice. It should be just, you shouldn't be eating at your desk. You shouldn't be distracted when you're eating because when you're doing that, <laughs> when you're doing that, uh, you're basically not digesting your food as well as you should be. When you're stressed, your blood flows away from your core and into your, into your limbs. It's that fight or flight response. And it doesn't matter whether someone's yelling at you or someone's physically harming you. Your body kind of goes into that response where it pushes uh, blood away from your core, into your limbs, into your brain, into your feet, and away from your digestion. So when you're calm and you're meditating, when you're eating, uh, the blood goes right to your core and helps you digest faster and you absorb better nutrients that way. I so agree. And I have something that I call the stemmed goblet effect. And it just happened yesterday. A lovely Renee Wilson, who's a yogi from Massachusetts, has come for this academy and she's staying here and and helping me out. And when she first came, I was making a smoothie and said, do you want some? And, you know, when you first meet somebody, you usually say, oh, no. And that's what she said. But then when she saw that I poured mine into a stemmed goblet. She said, well, okay, if you're going to put it in a glass like that, I'll have some. And it does seem to make a difference. There's just something about the ambiance. So, Gary Gibson, TheVeganEffect.com. What's next for you? I'm rebuilding my entire program. I I originally wanted to do uh, to be the vegan health, food, fitness, lifestyle coach. Uh, but I realized that I couldn't do that all by myself. It was a lot of work. So I hired uh, a food coach, a fitness coach, a lifestyle coach, and a communications coach. And we're relaunching the website hopefully in a couple months. And it's going to be a huge, big project for us. And a huge, big success. We're just knowing that for you. Very much so. <laughs> and it's funny that you talked about your collaboration. Renee drew uh, goddess cards for me this morning, and then mine said delegate. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's kind of the spirit that's around today. Lovely Chrissy, another question for Gary as we just about end this hour? Maybe a first step for people. The first step is to is to start the process of self-love, is to start with simple things, adding in fruits, green smoothies in the morning, high fruit, fruits, uh, green smoothies in the morning. That would probably be your best bet. Otherwise, start with just drinking more water, adding lemon to your water, making your body more alkaline. And, and again, visit a farm sanctuary. Coconut water is fantastic as well. Um, <laughs> visit a farm sanctuary. Get reconnected with your food and get reconnected with the world around you. You don't have to watch all those videos. You don't have to, to see all those violent imagery. Just go out and meet a cow, meet a chicken, and become friends with them. On that friendly note, we will close for today. Thank you all so much for being with us. One week from today, for anybody who listens live at noon Pacific time, uh, one mountain, two central, three eastern, uh, we are every Wednesday afternoon here at unity.fm. That's Unity Online Radio. And next week we will have Richard Schwarz from the Jewish Vegetarian Society of North America talking about the vegetarian tradition within Judaism. I hope you join us then. I hope you go to the archives and listen to some of the wonderful people 
people that we've had on in the past. We would love to have you as part of the Main Street Vegan community. Until next time, God bless you and eat those veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Rev. Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, And each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? 
Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind, Body, Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 